0: So this morning, we continue with our sermon series on the Gospel of Matthew. We're now in chapter 5, which is the Sermon on the Mount, and we read verses 21 through 26. Again, if you'd like to follow along, it's right there in the front of your bulletin. Matthew 5, starting at 21. You have heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to their brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fires of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and by your Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth and freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So today we get to talk about anger. But before we get to talk about anger, let's make sure we just picture where Jesus is and where the crowds he's preaching to are. It's up on a mountain, and Jesus has already done all the nice parts. Right? Blessed are the meek. Oh, I'm meek. Great. Sign me up. Blessed are the peacemakers. Great. Sign me up. I'm a peacemaker. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who decide to be the light in the world, to be the salt in the world, right? Jesus has been filling us up with good things. And then, because what the Sermon on the Mount is based on is the Ten Commandments, now we start the section where we get into some of those ideas, the stuff that comes from the Ten Commandments, like... Thou shalt not murder. And maybe even at the beginning of this one, you go, Hey, guess what? I've never killed anybody. Sign me up. I'm a great disciple of Jesus Christ. I've got this. I've never murdered anyone. And then Jesus turns around, and all the good stuff turns into, Okay, now you really do get to look inside yourself, not just your behavior, but let's look inside and go, What's the root cause of murder? Anger. Anger. People have gotten angry at someone else and they have allowed that anger to fester inside their hearts and then it comes out with revenge. It comes out with murderous intent. And you go, hold on. Am I ready to sign up for this? Because trust me, I get the empathy part on this. Uh, I have an old friend that our favorite saying we say to each other is that line from Still Magnolias where they go, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me. I get it, right? Sometimes you sit there and you go, come on, I just need somebody, somebody in my life to say these things to. I need to be angry. Okay, Jesus is not telling you, by the way, to not be angry, right? He didn't say that anger doesn't happen. He accepts that anger does happen. But he's saying, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it sit inside and fester until it comes out as a behavior that's like revenge or even worse, murder? Or are you going to deal with it somehow? Because he's looking inside at the idea of righteousness and going, it's not just your behavior, it's what led to it from your heart. Anger happens. You need to deal with it. Probably in a healthier way than just come sit by me and let me just let it keep feeding inside my own soul. In fact, it's that that very, I don't know, common cliche at this point, I think, but it is that line that says, anger is the pill you swallow thinking you get to poison someone else. But the person who actually gets poisoned is you. So Jesus is going, you need to get it out of your soul. You need to get it out of who you are. Because it will lead to behavior you can't defend. Your righteousness is online and it's your heart as well. Unfortunately, we live in times where I have got some of the best case scenarios I can ever give you to describe how anger turns into bad behavior. I'm going to use a couple of them this morning, but before I do, I also want to make this point. It's called, and remember this, self-differentiation. I know it's a big funny word, but it's one of those minister words, phrases that you need to understand. Self-differentiation says I can sit next to the person that's angry and totally empathize with how they're feeling. I cannot, however, join them. Self-differentiated. I understand your feelings. I respect your feelings. I cannot join you in allowing them to continue to be the thing that we do. In fact, in church life, this is essential because you know that way back when, The reformers said to us, what are the marks of the church? If you look at a group of people in the world and you say, are they actually being the people of Jesus Christ? They pointed to a few things, three things, pretty simple, actually. Preaching of the word, spend time listening to the spirit, speaking through the Bible. Number two, you engage in the sacraments. And number three was discipline. A group of people looking at each other and going, I can empathize with how you're feeling. But as a group, we cannot accept them as how we behave together. So the discipline is sometimes we call each other out and say, I get your feelings. You've got to deal with them differently than the way you are. The perfect examples I have, unfortunately, are things like, our president got COVID. And I get that feeling. i respect that feeling of people who go (laughs) that's karma yeah i understand that feeling it's been a rough four years but i can't let you as a community go (laughs) we stand for praying for this guy to die governor gretchen wilson this week if you heard the news the governor of michigan was the object of a kidnapping ploy Because people are so mad at her for the way she has responded to COVID that they're like, the only way to end it is to do something to her. And again, I can empathize when you look at the world and you go, just how much does one person get to dictate the liberty of everyone else? I truly understand the concern and worry that you would have in there. But if the anger at it comes out as behavior like this... We've got to call each other to a different standard of life. So, the church discipline of what do we stand for does matter right now. Matters more than ever as we approach living in a world where everybody is on edge. How do we deal with the anger in the way that Jesus would want us to? Well, one thing I can tell you is, you, G, as far as Jesus is concerned, and this is where I would self-differentiate from him, but he would say, don't show up here. Don't show up here and not have dealt with your anger. In fact, this little part in here where Jesus says, go and drop your offerings at the church before, right? You don't just drop them and go deal with what you need to reconcile with in your life before you show up here goes back to an old testament idea where god says i am not interested in your sacrifice i am interested in your mercy go deal with each other first you got to get the anger out and it's got to be dealt with here's probably the most important thing i could i've learned uh, in the last year it's one of those mantras i keep in my head get out of the problem and into the solution I can sit and I can wallow in the anger or I can find a way to deal with it. And typically that means going and talking to and dealing with the other person that I'm angry with. Don't show up here first. And I know that this world, this is the empathy part, I know that this world is blowing up. I know that people are, this is a line from the musical Hamilton, we are breaking down into factions and we are not printing retractions. We're doing a really good job of that these days. And I know that the empathy-wise, we are all sort of on edge and ready to take it out on each other and not printing retractions. And Jesus goes, you need to deal with that anger. I've heard so many yes buts. You know what a yes but is? It's somebody going, yeah, you're right. Jesus says, deal with your anger. Yes, but... A yes, but is a no. Yes, but what about my righteous indignation? The justice in this world is not coming true. I I have to stand up. I have to speak in this way. I have to like. Yes, but is a no. Yes, but is not agreeing with Jesus that you have anger you need to deal with and it leads to reconciliation. It's just righteous indignation. Righteous indignation by you in the system God created is not your job. You may think it is, but it just isn't. Every time we have communion, we read those lines that say, hey, we have one Savior, one perfect sacrifice on the cross. It's not you who did it. He's dealing with it. There's one Messiah and you're not him. You may say, well, I'm supposed to be a prophet. I'm supposed to speak this into the world. We have one prophet. He brought prophecy to an end. You are the receiver of that grace, not the preacher of it. Yes, but, I also hear, this is something I've heard, you... It's your privilege speaking. You're not scared about the way the world is going. You you live this happy, satisfied life. So it's somebody who doesn't have the privilege you have in this world that you you can't judge them. I'm like, I'm not trying to judge them. But you're right. If I have privilege, I have it. That's also sometimes called objectivity. That I'm not getting cast into a firefight response in the back of my head all the time by what's going on. So here, for a moment, listen to somebody who can actually get themselves into their frontal lobe and tell you it's not the way to respond. Yes, but, if you want to talk about privilege, let's remember that the guy who stood up on a mountain and said this was a carpenter, the lowest rung of his society living paycheck to paycheck like anyone else and he's looking out at a huge group of people who themselves are living at the lowest rung of society them too struggling to get by he is not talking to the privileged classes he's talking among those he understands and he is with who get dumped on all the time and he still stood up knowing that what comes next is his arrest and his death for things that he did not do And he still goes, you got to get the anger out. And the right way to respond to it is not the murderous intent. It's a really high standard Jesus just set this morning. We could stay in the Beatitudes. That makes makes us feel good about ourselves. But he carries on and says, if you're going to be my disciples, then you need to do these things. And this is where it starts to get really hard, especially in the reality of all those moments when you want to say to yourself, yes, but. One closing thought. Like I said, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount has everything to do with the Ten Commandments and then looking inside, not just at your behavior. And we may look at this moment when he talks about murder and think we're talking just about the one where it says, thou shalt not murder. I think he's saying a whole lot more about the Ten Commandments right now than just murder. Because remember, in the Ten Commandments, there's also, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make a graven image. You shall not take my name in vain. And when you go to the Old Testament, what would get God angry the most was when his people would show up in places of worship and they'd intermix his message with another God. That's what made God angry. Because remember, what just came before is God just said to us, or Jesus just said to us, you are the light of the world. You are my ambassadors. What you say and what you do reflects on me. So when you show up in your sanctuary and you leave this whole other thing called anger out there and you haven't dealt with it, whose reputation's on the line? When you decide that you're going to serve that God of anger inside you, whose reflection is it in the world? It's way more than just your murderous intent. It's also whether or not you can stand and say, I believe in you, God, and then go out in the world and act in ways God would never sanction, that you're taking God's name in vain. Don't let the other God of anger win. Don't let the other God of anger dictate the way that everyone else sees our God. If you're going to be the light of the world, you have to be the light of the world, and you have to deal with your anger. It's a real thing, but you've got to deal with it the way Jesus calls you to deal with it. You have been reconciled to God, and you have been given a ministry of reconciliation. So no matter how it goes, you gotta go to the person you're angry at. You gotta go to all those moments when you go, that person, that. And you've got to talk to them. There's a whole other master class on how to do that well. But first you gotta establish no other action than dealing with the person I'm mad at is acceptable to Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into the world, the one and only Messiah. And in those moments where we we want to stand and we want to be your prophet or we want to be the Messiah in some way, remind us that you tell us you have it under control. And remind us that what you actually called us to is not to be prophets and not to be saviors, but be the people who cast a light into the darkness by showing the world how you deal with things like anger well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, with that, let's sing our next hymn, This Is My Father's World.